Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in. It's a very, uh, it's a very different style Purple Dinosaur podcast. A kinder, gentler, nicer style of show. Hi everyone. I'm Tyler Mott. I'm Anthony Masterson. Welcome in. Uh, hashtag PD positivity. Yesterday went over gangbusters. I would say. I, I would say the Rockies are one and zero in the yeah. PD positivity era. That's a thousand winning percentage. I think that would be a record. And the greatest baseball team in history. I think so. I, I think, I think from this moment on, the Rockies are going to be the greatest baseball team in history. As we learned yesterday, they're unbeatable. When PD positivity is a hashtag on Twitter, as we learned, we learned this, that yesterday. This is going to be a thing. Yep. It's going to be. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be really, really great. So welcome in to the fifty seventh edition of the show. Uh, like I said, I'm Tyler Mon. He's Anthony Masterson, and uh, no, I can't keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so calming for a minute. It was minute, like the delicious though. dish. I was like, oh, this is, SNL skit on this is delightful. Uh, yeah. Hey, welcome into the show, episode number 57 of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Hashtag PD Positivity yesterday, like I said, went over like a lead balloon. Um, no, it, it went over it great. That's not the right metaphor at all. It was terrific. It went over like a, like a, a helium and rocket fuel balloon. There you go. What? Uh, hey, what's going on, Duder? Not a whole lot. Not really only one choice lot. for the naming rights for episode number 57 of the show. It's a very easy one. One yeah. of the few retired numbers, one of three retired numbers, I believe, in Colorado Rockies history. Daryl Kyle, 1998 to 1999. He, along with Todd Helton and also Jackie Robinson's 42, are the three numbers retired at Coors Field. So this is the Daryl Kyle edition of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Welcome to it. The only other number 57 that was ever worn in Colorado Rockies history was Jason Jennings in his rookie year in 2001. He wore 57 that time, but then switched to 32 for his subsequent five seasons with the Rockies. DK, welcome in. DK wore 57 for four different teams. Houston Astros, Colorado Rockies, uh, actually two two different versions of the Houston Astros, three different teams, but he wore it in the blue and orange era for the Astros, and then when they switched to that weird star in the blue and Metallic, gold. Metallic, like yeah, weird. Yeah, that was very strange. Gold, yeah. uh, and then here with the Colorado Rockies in 1998 and 1999, and then with the St. Louis Cardinals from 2000 to 2002. Uh, Daryl Kyle, by the way, signed as a free agent with the Rockies on December 4th of 1997, and then was traded November 16th, 1999. That all worked out very well. 
Look at the yeah. names in that trade. Daryl Kyle was traded <laughs> along with Luther Hackman and Dave Veers. Didn't we have a Luther Hackman edition? I think we might have. Uh, a Dave Veers edition, too. In return, the Rockies got uh, Manny Ibar, Brent Butler, Rick Crouch, Rich Croucher, and Jose Jimenez. And we almost had a Jose Jimenez memorial edition <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think Good we boy. did. Luther Hackman was a Rocky sixth-round pick back in 1994, and he wore uh, number 51. Yes, he did. I think Luther Hackman was episode number 51. I think it was because we didn't really want to do anybody else there because Luther Hackman was the best, one of the best. Luther Hackman was the one who we had not heard of the most out of anybody, basically. Hackman. So that worked out very well. So welcome into the Daryl Kyle edition of the show. Uh, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about today, I guess. I don't know. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the show today. Our good pal Matt Replinger, who is a Denver baseball historian and is also, uh, as his Twitter handle would suggest, a yoga guru in Major League Baseball. He is at MLB Yoga Guru on Twitter, and you can follow him there. But we're going to talk with Rep. He's one of the driving forces behind uh, Yoga Day at Coors Field, which was last week. But we're not really going to talk about that a lot. He actually does a lot of work with yoga um, with Major League rosters, with 25-man rosters. I know he works with the Pirates. I think he works with the Padres as well. So we're going to talk to him about that and kind of what that means for Major League athletes. And just kind of one of those, um, you know, quirky little things about Major League Baseball. Not a lot of people know goes on, but uh, is very cool. And it's a Denver guy who is spearheading that in a lot of these clubhouses. So we'll talk with Rep. Uh, Rockies last night, winners because of PD positivity, obviously. Clearly. Um, you know, what's funny is I feel like we've both been very light on the Twitter lately, and then everybody just gets angry at each other. Yeah, so let's maybe talk about it's because of our absence. I am well. Clearly, I think people get really Duh. upset when we don't tweet every Duh. 14 seconds, which I think this is why our, our buddy Rockies versus Connor doesn't tweet, you know, and by more than 14 seconds at a time. It's just, you know, right. He has to make sure he has things scheduled so people still remember. But Connor has 89,000 tweets. It's <laughs> amazing. I'm in awe of him. <laughs> A kid, and nobody makes me laugh more on Twitter than Connor. Yeah, we're up to like eighteen thousand four hundred. Like, yeah, that seems, and even that seems like a low number considering you know how it's much be crap we tweet out. Very funny is uh, one day when the PDP account surpasses my follower account, I'm gonna feel like I created a monster. But nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. shady I'm chopped liver. liver. <laughs> but if you want Shady, this is what I'll give you. A little weed a makes bit of weed, some hard liquor. Like some vodka that'll jumpstart my heart quicker than the shocks when I get shocked at the hospital by the doctor when I'm not cooperating while I'm rocking the table while he's operating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> back on the rag and ovulating. I know that your husband's got a job, Miss Cheney. No, I know that you got a job, Miss Cheney, but your husband's heart problem is complicated. Okay, oh, that is God. that's more good. Than that's awesome. I just surpassed 20, 21,000 tweets, so I am like a fourth as prodigious as Tonner. I'm at 21,001, which Boy. is. Isn't cool, but um, so anyway. But yeah, the PDP account. To... We are at uh, we're at eleven hundred and two now, and we actually gained three followers yesterday during PD positivity, and those people are in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but, hey, this is there's... not at all us. Just so you people know. Yeah, it's something weird going on, like with Rocky. Yeah, what's going on with you people? Calm yeah, down. Calm. Yeah, everyone's just getting really upset with everybody. It's not just you know. The Purple Row guys, not just Rocks Pile guys. It's you know the Denver Post guys too. Like everyone just seems to be like yeah, I will really say on edge blocky, all the time. Now. Blocky McGee over there, uh, he seemed to just try stirring up the pot. Yeah, and then I had no sympathy for him because he was caught no, in the mentions of that argument for the next eight hours, and oh, that God, was, was hilarious <laughs> to me. So that's cute. For this is how you get revenge in the Twitter age. Dance. But, uh, I mean, calm down. You know, team sucks. They've been terrible for most of the 23 years of franchise history. What is so different that you're all so angry right now? 
I don't really know what the the turning point was. Oh, the bullpen sucks. Yeah, the bullpen sucked for years. This is not the worst bullpen the Rockies have ever right, had. Exactly. It sucks, but it's not the worst. I don't get it. Like, I it, don't get it. The rotation isn't good. You, you traded to Lewitsky. Okay. And like again, like the, I, the times that we have said this, this on this podcast. What is worse? Like, so they're going to lose 95 games without Tulo. Is that that much worse than losing 95 games with Tulo? Or losing 92 games? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? What is so bad? They're they're terrible. You knew they were going to be terrible. Is it frustrating? Sure. But people are acting like the Rockies were, you know, World Series contenders a month ago. And then they just blew the whole thing up and traded Tulo. Now they suck. I hate this team. I hate Jeff Bryant. She's lost the clubhouse. Okay, John Heyman. Like, Whatever. It's, oh, yeah. You knew it was yeah. going to be a, a year of rebuilding or retooling, whatever it is. That for a second, like, oh, the, you know, the John Heyman piece. Yeah. Like, oh, well, Cargo and Nolan Arenado were very upset that the team traded Troy Tulowitzki. No kidding. No way. No You're way. on a terrible team. You're getting murdered every night, and you lost one of your best friends and best players. I can't believe that they're upset about that. Yeah, I'm shocked to see how that's how it works. Also, uh, I don't see anything in that that says that Jeff Breidich has lost the clubhouse as I think it's being presented by a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, that was a snappy title. Here is uh, the inside baseball column from uh, from old John Heyman who, in very John Heyman fashion, like he starts a quote in here and doesn't end the quote with quotation marks. Was it, was it all in like lowercase too? Did he use capital letters? Everything spelled correctly, which is a step hey, up that's on, a new one. on some people who write about the Rockies. Word is Rocky stars Gonzalez and Nolan Arenado are upset by the loss of Troy Tulowitzki and frustrated by the team's ongoing pitching problems. Quote, they're trying to have guys learn at the major major league level and that's not going to work not in coors field one scout said that's the quote that never ends the day tulo was traded in fact arenado told the rockies media quote i was shocked we all were by tulo getting traded i'm hurt tulo has been the one guy who's been by my side ever since i was in Asheville. it's disappointing that is not the guy i wanted to see go well sorry fine. bro it's sports. a business it's sports <laughs> yeah. it's a business of course you didn't want to see him no go, but nobody wanted to see tulo go right didn't want to see tulo go and I don't – so I don't see anywhere in there, oh, man, Rockies players hate Jeff Breidich. No. I don't get that at all. There's also another note, quote, it turns out Dan O'Dowd actually had a chance to stay on as GM, which we knew when he left. Continued, if he so desired, so long as he agreed to certain things. Word is he had a five-year offer on the table but decided to step down after 15 years on the hardest job in baseball. No doubt Coors years aren't like regular years, though. Jeff Breidich wound up accepting the Rockies owning owning Montfort brothers and taking the ultra-difficult assignment. That's not news. We all knew that that happened about 10 months ago. Yeah. When Dan O'Dowd left, like the next week the story came out, the Rockies were offering him an extension. Yeah. So I don't get where John Heyman thinks he's breaking news there. But anyway, I really don't see that as Jeff Breidish has lost the clubhouse. If you had a friend or a best friend in your company and that person was fired because you can't really get traded in other businesses, I think you'd probably be pretty upset too. I think you'd be like, yeah, you know what? I don't like this sucks. Right. Uh, uh, I don't want to go to work right now. things were not going well at work. Yeah. So people are upset. They're angry. The team is just god awful. Like, you guys, these professional the athletes, they go out there trying to win every single day, and right. they are not doing any of that. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes. Especially on a consistent a basis. I mean, come on. They also, are very, very poor team right now. Smartest man on Twitter, Chris Chrisman, tweeted a quote from Troy Tulowitzki on July 5th. Quote, I would rush everybody to the big leagues, Tulowitzki said. Get them here and see what happens. Then from John Heyman today, quote, they're trying to have guys learn at the major league level, and that's not going to work. So, all right. Uh, 
like it's the same way people look at a painting and feel two completely different things like yeah and just because yes carlos gonzalez and nolan arenado are upset because they're on a crappy team with a bad pitching staff and they're losing nightly is not really breaking news and i would sort of expect and hope that those guys were not going to be too happy about it yeah, I would hope that they're not giving quotes to the media being like, oh, you know what? This is great, though. Like, honestly, I love getting like, beat in like 15 to 6 every yeah. night. This has been know? a lot of fun. We lost yeah. my best friend, one of our best players. I don't but, know what uh, you guys you know, talk about. I'm having a great time. I'm cool with it. Seems fine. Yeah, it's not like uh, Prince Fielder at the end of the uh, his Detroit tenure after they lost in Game 6 of the LCS to Boston saying, man, I have more things to worry about. I got a family. I don't need to worry about losing for the Tigers. Detroit's going to be fine. Yeah. And then he never went back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> So, I don't know. That's a story that I think people are trying to make into a story that I don't see any. That's not news to me. Oh, professional athletes upset about losing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Dan O'Dowd had an extension on the table. Okay. We knew that. <laughs> like. All right. We knew that like, almost immediately after everything went down. Here's another story from this week that is in no way a story, but because of the media market and where it takes place is a massive story. This is from uh, Sports Illustrated's S.L. Price. Quote, who would you rather have playing shortstop this year than me? Jeter asked Cashman. <laughs> oh, God. This Do you really want me to answer that? Cashman replied. Jeter told him to go ahead, and he listed Tulowitzki, then the Rocky shortstop who was in the midst of his first all- all-star campaign, Quote, we're not paying extra money for popularity, he added. We're paying for performance. God, that's the dumbest non-story I think I've heard all damn season. Who would you rather have playing this position? I don't know, the guy who is far superior to you at that position? Who would you rather (laughs) play this position five years ago? (laughs) One guy's already retired, the other guy's on a different team. Like, why is this a story? This is not a story. Anywhere outside of New York or Boston, this is not a story at all. Cares, man. I, I don't. Could you imagine if this was like, uh, I don't know, if if this was a story that happened with the Mariners? <laughs> Nobody would yeah. care. Nobody would care. How, but because like, it's New York, we're all forced to. Who, yeah. Who cares? I, yeah. I, I don't get it. I that don't was back, get it. For those of you who have not heard this story, that was back 2010, 2011 offseason. The Yankees and Derek Jeter were trying to negotiate a contract extension. Jeter was asking for four to six years in the 22 to $24 million a year range. They eventually reached a deal in early December for three years and $51 million with an option and some incentives, according to Craig Calcaterra of Hardball Talk. But the negotiations got very contentious, and that is what Yankees general manager Brian Cashman told Derek Jeter which if anyone on the planet would not have given the same answer, you do not deserve to be a major league general manager. Yeah, you remember coming off that 2010 September for Troy Tulowitzki when he had 15 home runs and 40 runs batted in in 28 games? Remember that September? (sighs) When the Rockies had a better team probably than they had in 07 or 09, and they anti-Rocktobered, basically? They frocktobered. That's so Rocktobered. Yeah. Yeah, who would want like, Tulowitzki at that point? What? Derek Jeter OPS seven ten that year. Tulo OPS nine forty nine. Yeah, you know it's basically the same guy, and Tulo's far better defensively, but it's pretty much the same guy. And then Tulo with thirty home runs next year, played one hundred forty three games, yeah, and but, then you know, it all went downhill from there for the most pretty part. Much, pretty much till this season, guy. really. So you know. A bunch of stories that aren't really stories. Uh, but let's dive into a couple of stories that are stories. And then we're going to talk here in a few minutes with our good pal Matt Repinger of uh, both Sabre, Rocky Mountain Sabre. Uh, he's written a Denver baseball history book. He has uh, possibly plans in the work for a Colorado baseball history book that we'll possibly hear about uh, a little bit later on. But 
Some actual news. The Rockies did officially release Drew Stubbs today. Uh, Stu Drubbs, as you may know him, um, we're recording obviously on Friday morning. Rockies designated him for assignment last week. They are now on the hook for his entire $5.8 million salary. And, yep, that was a hell of a flyer to take on Drew Stubbs. I mean, Drew Stubbs wasn't bad last year. No, he wasn't bad last year. He wasn't bad after his call-up this year. Yeah. So... You know, that was a little oh, bit man, puzzling. Man, $6 million Obviously, for a dude who's played a whole ton of time in Albuquerque this year and is now gone from your major league roster. That's but you're fun. still paying him. Yep. Like, that, that's just weird. You couldn't find any other spot for him. Like, really? And they sent him down, like, after he was playing fairly decent ball, too. You know? Like, in the month of I mean, June. Yeah, he was, like, his April was atrocious. You know, we, we know that. He struck out every time he came to plate. Right. But. In 27 games after his recall back to the big leagues, he slashed 314, 386, 608 for a 994 OPS. Yeah, like that's pretty solid. Yeah, for a fourth outfielder, whatever. I mean, in the month of June after he got sent down, 295, 392, 448. That was his slash line with Albuquerque. Homered twice. Uh, he walked 17 times in 28 games, only struck out 25 times, which is a mass improvement over what he was doing at the major league level. So, yeah, yeah, it seemed a little strange. Like, you know, we're not here all weeping for Drew Stubbs because he was so frustrating to watch for most of the season. He struck out 50 times in 51 games at the major league level and walked nine times. But still, it just seemed the the moves with him were a little bit curious. Just puzzling. I mean, of course, you're not going forward with Drew Stubbs and your future plans. So I get wanting to cut bait, but, you know, I get it to the point of where it's giving guys like Kyle Parker a chance to get some ABs at the major league level. Hashtag free. So, hashtag free Kyle Parker. Um, wait, he's freed. Uh, so, yeah, it's, sorry, that's a force of habit. So, I mean, in that respect, it's good. It's good that Kyle Parker is getting some more consistent ABs. He's not starting every day right now because Brendan Barnes is getting some starts. Matt McBride's getting some looks in left field as well now, too. Um, but, it, yeah, the whole way that it was handled was a little bit odd. That's for sure. But like I said, yeah, we're not here like, you know, lighting candles for Drew Stubbs. The, the Drew Stubbs era is dead. Long live the Drew Stubbs Long era. Long live the Drew Stubbs era. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of the only uh, transaction move. Matt McBride, you know, as Anthony noted, is up at the major league level. Had a great year uh, with AAA Albuquerque. was the Topes lone all-star. He's an awesome 4A player. Yeah. And, you know, as a guy that probably doesn't have a, a spot, but it's good to see, you know, a guy getting a, a chance at the major league level. Dustin Garneau last night gets his major league debut under his belt, gets a hit in his first at bat off of Max Scherzer, which is so cool. Yeah. On an O2 pitch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's, like I tweeted out last night in the middle of PD Positivity, uh, an actual honest tweet, and... <laughs> the, the one honest tweet we like, had all night. Yeah, one of two or three that we had all night, and it's never, there's never anything as cool as watching a kid make his, his major league debut. You know, and, and the interview with his family and how excited they were and, and all that, but it's seven seasons of minor league baseball for Dustin Garneau, and to finally make that final step you know, if Dustin Garneau plays one major league game, he can say he made it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that is awesome because you are doing something that very few – he was the 18,593rd player to make his major league debut. 18,593 guys over 100 and, you know, whatever it is, 20 years in a country that is now 300 million the odds of you ever making it to the major leagues are so astronomically low that it's just so cool to watch something like that. And then you're going to hit off a of Max Scherzer in your first game. And he was a Casper ghost. Yeah. In 2009. One he of the was last on the team with Nolan. 
Ah, the ghosts. Yeah, the I miss ghosts. the ghosts, man. Uh, but yeah, so you know, big congratulations, Dustin Garneau. Really cool. Um, Absolutely. And uh, it, like Matt McBride, I love Matt McBride because we used to see Matt McBride play when he was with the Indians organization. If you yeah. don't know, he, he came over in the Ubaldo Jimenez trade. He was like you the throw-in. I player. actually uh, forgot about that completely. That he yeah. was in Kinston. Yeah, when he in 2009 we started with Kinston. He started the first 31 games that year in high A ball. He hit 405 in the first 31 games I completely before he got getting bumped up to Akron in Double A. But he's a career 300 hitter in the minor leagues, spanning from 06 to 2015. A 300 hitter with an 850 OPS in the minor leagues, never really given any kind of chance anywhere to make consistent starts at the big league level. His but numbers he may be, he may be getting one now. Yeah, his numbers in Kinston were absurd. Yeah, yeah, eleven twenty OPS in thirty one games. He had I only remember, spent seventeen games there this season prior. Yeah, well, we had to play him when he was. We played Kinston, I think, two separate series in that first month and a half that he was there, and he, you could not get him out. He was on that team with Lonnie Chisenhall, I believe, was the, the leader of that team at that point. That team was pretty loaded. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. 2009. 2011, they were really good, too. That was the Drew Pomeranz year. And uh, uh, yeah, he was so good. Uh. He was so good in the Carolina <laughs> League. He's one of those guys you were watching him. You're like, he's really good. I don't know how exactly. Because he didn't look dominant, but he just dominated opposing lineups. And then he went to the Rockies, and that worked out. Yeah. You see, so, he got a save the other day for the A's. <sighs> Pooh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we've hit the point in the season where it's like, God, when can we stop doing these podcasts for the offseason? Because what is there to talk about? But uh, no, we got some cool stuff still to come on the when show. When is Moniker Madness starting? Season. Like, I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know if we're doing I know that they're doing year. Jersey Joust. Yeah, they're doing Jersey Joust new. right now. And they had and, a hat uh, competition. But Miners Moniker Madness is the thing. The greatest, you, you, and I don't you know if You need we're to doing do that. It. I got to email. I'll email a boss. Like you so. work at MILB.com. When the hell are you doing that? Yeah, I don't know these things. I don't work in the offices, so I don't get your bosses don't, going. They Come don't on, tell God. me anything. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> tells me nothing. I never learned these things. Um, yeah, that's my uh, that's my life. <laughs> By the way, I moved. I have a cool yeah. new place now. You can come over sometime. Nah, I have a, I have okay. a patio with a grill. Oh, that's nice. We have a balcony with a grill here at our palatial estate. I have been there at your palatial Los Angeles. When are you coming out to visit again? Uh, I feel like I should do it this fall. I feel like I should, feel like I should come there. We're just uh, talking about our correspondence during our podcast. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because you guys are interested in this. Yeah. Um, but I just want to hang out with Nicole. I don't want to hang out with you. Oh, she's one that invited you. I didn't invite okay, you. Good. I would never invite you. Good. I don't want to see. I don't even want to see you. Yeah. Like, I would prefer, like, I get brought in like the FIFA executives and they're arresting everybody like sheets <laughs> put up in the hallway so I can't see the door to your room and then I'll go into my wing the Tyler Mon wing of your which is what we state. named it actually there's a nailed yeah. in sign above the door and uh yeah I don't want to see you it's fine yep. <laughs> <laughs> alright uh when we return after our one sound effect segue Matt Replinger wow. at MLB Yoga Guru on Twitter will join the show to talk about some cool work he's doing with big league players from coast to coast. That's coming up next. Wow. 
Major League Baseball season, the minor league baseball seasons are uh, nearing the home stretch, especially in the minors. We've got about uh, two and a half weeks left or so in the regular season. Then the playoff push begins for teams all across the country. But it's a long season for a lot of guys. And uh, one of the ways that many of those guys stay, I don't know, not dead over the course of 162 games is uh, through the help of people like Matt Reblinger joins the show, rejoins the show. First time since last season. Welcome back, Rep. What's going on? Hello, lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us about your – you are on Twitter, at MLB Yoga Guru, and you are, by the way, also the owner of maybe the finest beard in the city of Denver currently, but uh, a, a yoga <laughs> guru, as you say, in your, Twitter, <laughs> in your Twitter handle, and, and a guy who um, knows how to – kind of make these things work for athletes the season goes the season goes on and and you get toward the end of the year and you've got some really cool stuff coming up in the arizona fall league just kind of give us a synopsis of what you're doing and the, the kind of the cusp of what you're on right now in baseball well i've been really fortunate um you know the last oh three years roughly i've been identifying myself as a yoga consultant uh within major league baseball and I go to the baseball winter meetings every year and, you know, I interface with everyone under the sun from general managers to owners to oh, agents, members of the media. Um, I'm in a unique position because of the um, different roles I've had within the game. Um, I know a lot of folks within all 30 teams and, kind of who to leverage and who to get in touch with, whether it be trainers, medical directors, uh, sports psychologists. Um, you know, I'm doing my best to be a proponent of yoga, and uh, that's something that I believe in greatly. When you make your pitch to these, you know, whatever, GMs, owners, whatever, how receptive are they to what you're trying to bring to the table? Because it seems like baseball is trending more toward a lot of these kind of therapeutic exercises that guys can go through because the, the grind of a major league baseball season, minor league baseball season, whatever it's grueling. So uh, are they as receptive as you want them to be when you make your pitch? They're becoming uh, more so uh, almost as the months go by now. Um, at first I was having to do a lot of just um, education to folks who think that yoga is simply stretching. Um, and it was, of course, stretching is a, a big part of yoga, but that is not all that yoga entails. It's so much more in regards to, to mindfulness and what it can offer uh, to increase focus and what also it can do for strength building, especially in regards to these muscle groups that often get overlooked by um, just the regular strength and conditioning coaches, no offense to them, but yoga has a lot of intrinsic uh, postures that strengthen obliques, intercostals, growings, these core muscle groups that if you look at the disabled list, it's just a string of people who have injuries yeah, to just those exact true. muscle groups and yeah. ob oblique strain, intercostal strain, growings. I mean, this is like 50% of the reason why people are on the, the – the DL. So if I can lessen a team's uh, amount of uh, players on the DL right there, that equates into money. Um, now that's not, you know, I didn't start this, to, uh, you know, start creating more avenues for, for income. But, you know, if I can speak to an owner about how I can save them money while well, they're listening. So. 
Rep, tell us about um, the way that this is received by players because especially, you know, I mean, you've been a baseball fan for a long time and a guy who understands the game a lot from the inside as well, GM of the Denver Browns. And what we've seen over the last 20 years is such a sea change and how baseball players look, how they play. Um, we don't very much any longer see the bulky athletes of the nineties. And you know, there are obvious reasons for that, but it's funny. I was over at, uh, at one of my best friend's houses the other day and we were playing Ken Griffey jr. Baseball for the super Nintendo, which is still to this date, the greatest baseball game ever made. But in that game, the sluggers, like the guys in the three, four and five hole are like caricatures. Like they have muscles on muscles on muscles and it's all upper body. And they look like these comical, like almost superhero ish cartoonish characters, but that's sort of what you remember the nineties as. So now for somebody who understands the, the way that baseball players have become athletes in this generation, the Mike Trouts, the Bryce Harpers, the guys who are obviously, you know, they have their muscle and they can hit for power and they can do all those sorts of things, but they're very much more, it seems like in tune with the process of what yoga would bring to them rather than the strength training and the, and the muscle building of the nineties. How has that changed? And how have you seen athletes start to embrace this? I mean, they all want to be successful. They all want to find ways to get an edge. So, you know, and they're always going to be looking for ways to, to create uh, an advantage over uh, the other players, the other teams. And that's something that I offer. Um, if I'm able to uh, find a way for players to quiet their mind, and if that's going to equate into greater focus, whether that means they spend an extra three minutes a day in the batting cage, whether that means they spend an extra five minutes taking ground balls a day, um, that's very attractive to a player if they're able to find ways to practice better because how that might affect their season or you know their career might be the difference of being a you know 280 hitter to a 290 hitter might be the difference of a player being an all-star to a player being a hall of famer if i can you know create ways for them to improve their game um especially through mindfulness or through a yoga practice and the things that i offer um it's very enticing so i mean everyone wants to get better and steroids is a surefire way to create mm, a way to perform better so it's it's uh you know, agents especially are becoming more receptive to it because they see that it has a great impact on, on their clients and, and, of course, sports psychologists, medical directors, everyone's in favor of it. So um, it's been really refreshing to be um, kind of at the forefront of this because more and more people are seeing the benefit, and uh, all I'm doing is just providing it. So, I mean, I have a, a network across the country of yoga instructors who are, are – so it's kind of an all-star team of yoga instructors, if you will. Uh, I wouldn't have top-notch athletes working with anyone less. So I, um, I'm in a good position to continue to provide, you know, this this thing called yoga and meditation. So we just had the yoga day at Coors Field, which was which was pretty cool. And what was it like for you and seeing a lot of people there? There was a giant turnout at Coors Field. And for someone who had been so passionate about that to see people be so receptive to it, and really the Rockies jump on board, everybody else came on board. What was that like for you to be there during Coors Field Yoga Day? Uh, it's it's really cool. It's one of my favorite days of the year because um, 
two of my favorite things, yoga and baseball are, are perfectly blended. And uh, I've been really fortunate that the Rockies have brought, brought me on as sort of their, their consultant for that event the last three years. And I've been able to um, well, suggest a lot of things to the organization that they, they run with as far as instructors and the music. And um, you know, I'm really honored that the Rockies have, have put me in that position and, and the, the event continues to grow. And there's several other uh, ball clubs around the nation that are all uh, doing the same thing now. And um, we were, we were the second team to, to do this. The uh, Giants were the first, but um, we're in our third year. I went to the Nationals this year out in D.C. Uh, they had 800 people on the field for their very first one. They're actually doing another one next month because of the success of their first one. The Pirates this year are going to have one at the end of the month. They're actually playing the Rockies during that yoga day, and they're expecting 2,000 people on the field. So I mean, these things are taking off. It's, it's becoming a, a, a neat little uh, trend within baseball. Matt Rubinger's our guest and, of course, a Denver baseball uh, historian as well as just one of the coolest dudes you're going to meet in the current era of baseball, but a guy who knows as much about Denver baseball and Colorado baseball as anybody you're going to meet also. But in addition to that, Rep is the general manager of the Denver Browns, um, which is a a very cool baseball community. And, Rep, for people who don't know much about the Browns, kind of tell us your duties and what the organization is. Well, I'm the the general manager. Uh, Me and my buddy Gino started the club about nine years ago and uh, with our, our team captain, Chris Campassi as well, us three have, have headed up that club the last nine years. And we have five adult league teams all competing in, in different divisions of adult league baseball within Denver. And it's pretty neat. Four of the five are in first place right now. The one that's not is right like a half a game out of first place. So from a general manager standpoint, I'm very happy. My top team, the Denver Browns, are really tough to beat this year. We're definitely poised to uh, to get back to the championship game and hopefully win that thing. Um, we've got some guys who can flat out play. A number of guys played professionally. We've got a guy named Matt Huggins this year that is just hitting the cover off the ball. I think he's hit six or seven home runs, and he had like a five home run streak uh, a couple of home, couple of games ago, and we. Uh, We'll end up playing in the playoffs on Parker at Double Angel Field. And for more info, just go to DenverBrowns.com or follow us on Facebook, of course. Double Angel Field is amazing, A. And B, I also uh, ran into Rep a few weeks ago in front of Coors Field, and I said, do you have, like, a team for, like, I don't know, like washed-up club baseball players from college <laughs> who are, like, very out of shape and just miss pretending like they're athletes? Because I'd be good for that team. <laughs> <laughs> it's called softball. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm not sure what direction you send it for that. Rep, let's ask you this just real quick before we get out of here. Um, this has obviously been a big summer of transition for the Rockies. And uh, as somebody who has observed this team for a long time, just give me your thoughts on the current stat of this team. Because where where we see, I think, a lot of encouraging signs in – you know, the, the Rockies are trying to go after a new mold of a pitching staff that could be successful here in getting power arms. Uh, they couldn't hold on to Troy Tulowitzki and Carlos Gonzalez forever. The payroll would have been tied up 40% of it into two guys. You know, it seems like they're trying something different, and it's not like the things in the past have worked, so what's the harm in trying? But just what are some of your thoughts on the way that this summer has gone and not having too low around and, you know, the way that possibly things could be successful going forward? What has your, your impression been so far this season? 
yeah, I I hope that um, that we we can turn a corner next season and, and start not just having a good April, but a good hopefully June. Uh, it'd be neat if we could actually win more games than we lose in June. I don't think that's happened in the history of our club. And um, it's tough, man. Look at our division. Those, the amount of money that these teams spend is yeah. is astronomical. So we have to find really creative ways to get competitive. And that means, you know, ramping up the, the uh, minor league system and how we scout. And yeah, I'm, I'm no expert. You know, I worked for the club for a number of years, but I was just a low man on the totem pole. I worked in the ticketing department. So um, I, I, I love the Rockies. They're, they're one of my favorite clubs. And of course I'm rather invested in their success, but um, you know, you'd have to talk to brightish about that. I'm, I'm no, uh, authority on what they need to be doing. Um, I, I think LeMahieu and, and Arenado have a whole lot to offer, and they're going to be really fun to watch for the next few years. So um, that, that's all I have to offer on, our, on our, the Denver Nine. If you want to ask anybody about anything in the world of baseball, Rep is your guy. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at both MLB Yoga Guru and also at Blake Street Baseball, Blake ST Baseball. And, uh, Rep, it's always so much fun for us to talk to you. And this offseason when we have zero content, uh, we're going to do a little bit more Denver baseball history stuff. So we'll be sure to catch up with you then and, and tell some more fun stories about things that are, you know, not 95 lost seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to take part, uh, Tyler and uh, Anthony. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. Always, man. Um, have me anytime, and uh, you know where to find me. Matt Rubinger is one of the coolest dudes in the Denver baseball world, and uh, he's one of those people who, like, when I hang around, I realize how not cool I am, which is mostly everybody. Well, but Rep is everyone like, already knew that. Though he's such a cool dude. Cool everyone that guy, meets you knows that you're not grade? cool. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so again, you can follow Rep on Twitter. He is at MLB Yoga Guru and at Blake Street Baseball. Uh, the yoga stuff is obviously on the MLB Yoga Guru. He's got some of his Denver baseball stuff over on the other one, as well as Denver Browns news and all that. Um, but uh, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about baseball on the field at 20th and Blake as it pertains to 2016. Uh, do we have to? I don't know. Why did we start a Rockies podcast? This yeah, was the dumbest idea. We're a bunch of maroons is what we are. So dumb. Like, what? Why didn't we start, like, I don't know. Let's, let's first. Just, you know, talk, tell an old minor here. league stories podcast. Tyler Matzik anyway. has put together three consecutive scores. Yeah! Hours. How about that? Just throwing that out. Our there. man, Tyler Matzik. Um, there was a, a one-two-three inning, I believe, in against Nashville. Three straight ground uh, outs last yesterday. night. Yesterday, that was yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, that is so awesome to see. I to watched end the game too. Yeah. I watched his outing on the fourteenth against Fresno, in which he walked three, struck out two, didn't give up a hit, loaded the bases, <laughs> but got out of it with nothing allowed, and shrug emoticon. Yeah, and the thing is. <laughs> Since then, he walked one and struck out one in his uh, two times ago, back on the 16th against Memphis. But last time out, last night, an inning, three ground outs, no strikeouts, no walks, orderly. So what I see, what I want to see from that is, yeah, he got out of a shaky outing on the 14th. He dodged a lot of bullets on the 14th. But you know what? Since then... He's looked like Tyler Matzik, and the stuff has been very, very good. He threw 18 pitches in his outing against Memphis on the 16th, 10 of them for strikes. 18 pitches last night, 12 of them for strikes. That, to me, suggests a kid who's like, you know what? I can do this. I walked three. I still got out of that jam. I can do this. And Tyler Matzik, 
is 24 years old. Yeah. If like, you can't, anybody, if, if you can't give up on that kid. If you can't root for a guy like Tyler Matzik, right. then we can't help you. No. Stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, stop something. listening to this podcast. Unfollow us on Twitter. We There's don't want any stupid fans. Only room for positivity here. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to get angry there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that is really exciting. And I'm glad you brought it up because I would have forgotten to do it despite my man crush on Tyler Matzik. And uh, it's really, really exciting stuff. But here's the topic of conversation. Anthony Masterson, at some point next year, the Rockies are going to have five starting pitchers on opening day. Theoretically, are, are they? <laughs> they're, they're going to go three pitchers, 30 pitch limits, and yeah. then just a rotating cast oh of characters God. behind them. Um, <gasps> as it sits right now, give me your five man rotation to start 2016. Go. Is this what I want or is this what I think will happen? <laughs> Let's go what you want first. All right. Well, John Gray is going to be up there near the top. You Never have to imagine that. He Never has shown. Nothing but positive things so far. I'm sorry, his, who is it? Uh, his name is uh, one Jonathan Gray. You can't really do it with that one. Also, qu- yeah. cutest tweet of all time was Nick Groke tweeting two days ago that John Gray was standing on the top step of the dugout petting every single dog that walked by on Bark in the Park <laughs> night. It's the cutest thing I've ever That's heard in my awesome. entire life. Anyway, please continue. He's like, hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's going hey, buddy. on? Hey, <laughs> Anyway, so please, John Gray will be at or near the top. You have to imagine De La Rosa yeah. still has one more year in his contract. So he will most likely be the guy who gets the ball on opening day just yes. for, you know, whatever sake. You have to imagine he'll be there as well. So Gray, Gray and De La Rosa take the top two spots. Um, I, I think Chad Bettis will get a very good opportunity to make the rotation out of camp this year. He has shown flashes of good things this year, some positive things before getting hurt going on the DL. He is in the midst of coming back. As well, by the way, he has been making some rehab appearances. Uh, very uh, good one last night uh, with Albuquerque through five shutout innings, struck out seven. That's what I was just going to go check. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, he's you, made brother. two appearances, uh, one with the Rock Cats, the other with the Topes. He's given up no runs in eight and third over those two appearances, struck out 11, only walked two. So he had some, you know, good and bad this year. He had that good run, what is it, late May or whatever it was that he was throwing like complete games and stuff when yeah. he first started yeah. the rotation. Yeah, against the the Giants and the Phillies. He had some very positive things going from that and then kind of exploded. And then his arm fell off and now he's coming back. So I think he will have a very good shot to be in the big leagues next year in the starting rotation coming out of camp. Um, after that, I mean, you still got Kyle Kendrick for one more year on his contract. I hope he's not in rotation next year. That that would be a, a not a good sign. Um, Eddie Butler, see how this season ends for him, who knows how it's going to end for him in AAA. Uh, but I think he's going to come with a very good shot to win the probably fifth starter job out of camp next year. Um, he'll, they'll give him every opportunity to win that because you know you have guys like Chris Russin and Johan Flande who have done as admirably as possible in being forced into rotation that they probably don't belong in, but Honestly, they've been two of the more consistent starters the Rockies have had this season, which is an insult to everything that we hold dear. And then you got a guy like Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles has shown us flashes of things that haven't sucked in his couple of abbreviated injury shortened seasons. So it's going to be Lyles. Yeah, right. I think it's going to be it's going to be DLR. It's going to be Gray. It's going to be Chad Bettis, I think. And then it's going to be 
just a mess of Butler, Russin, Flande, David Hale, Jordan Lyles, Tyler Matzik, who knows at that point, going for those those fourth and fifth spots. All right. I'm going to give you mine. Okay. And it is the entire Topes rotation right now. Jire Jurgens, John Lannon, Rudy Owens, and Boone Whiting. <laughs> no. Um, I, I agree with your top three. Gray, De La Rosa, and Bettis, I think, are shoo-ins. Uh, where I think you hit a, a very good nail is Jordan Lyles, because I think people are going to forget about him. The guy who everybody has already forgotten about, who might not be there by opening day, but who I think is going to be back in the rotation in, as a mainstay is Tyler Chatwood. Good Chatwood call. Yeah, is set true. to come back rehab soon. Coming back from Tommy John. It's been a very lengthy procedure for him Second to come Tommy back. Second Tommy John, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and Chatwood is – you kind of forget how good he is when he's on. And the Rockies still have him uh, under team control. And I think when he is back and healthy, he'll be a member of this rotation out of the gate. So that's your starting five out of his gate, I should say, not for opening day because I don't think he'll be ready by opening day. That's your starting five. But with that being said, the Rockies have some options behind those guys for next year. If Tyler Matzik can get himself healthy – Eddie Butler is still there, obviously. Uh, Kyle Freeland has been dominant in his his last time out. Last was a little bit rough, good, but. but it really was his first rough start of his professional career. And he still made it through seven innings. Right, too. exactly. Um, so he is probably going to be in double-A to start next season, which means he could make an appearance in the major leagues at some point next year. And, oh, by the way, you have Jeff Hoffman. And Jeff Hoffman, to me, starts next year on the John Gray plan. Yeah, And I, I would I say Hoffman is probably here by the middle of next season. So... You've got not only some of these veteran guys who are coming back who've been very effective when they've been healthy, but you have these prospects who now are ready to be there yeah. on a regular basis. Now, I don't know what Eddie Butler's going to look like next year. I don't know what Tyler Matzik's going to look like next year. But I do know that Tyler Chatwood has proven himself, and I do know that Jordan Lyles has proven himself, and those guys will be back. So are the Rockies going to have a great rotation? Uh, the Rockies never have a great rotation. Will it be better than what we've seen from them this year if they stay healthy? Yeah, well, always the caveat. God knows what that is. But you, you forget in 2013, Tyler Chatwood made 20 starts for the Rockies, put a 3.15 ERA together in 111 in the third innings. He only struck out 66. That's not really his game. His game is getting ground balls. He had you know, like a 90% ground ball percentage. I'm kidding. But it was like 60%, which is one of the league leaders in that category in, in ground ball percentage. But even his, his fielding independent pitching was only 3.63, which is still very, very good. So it's not like even though it doesn't get strikeouts, he was still able to control the hard contact off the bat, get a lot of ground balls. And with the infield defense the Rockies had then, maybe will have next year, that's going to be a positive thing. So, yeah, he has a very, very good shot next year. And he was so good in 2013 when he was healthy. But that's been his problem is staying healthy. That's a very good shot. He'll have a good chance as anybody to win that fourth and fifth spot. And if he is ready by spring training next year, which it's a possibility – I wouldn't be surprised if it goes De La Rosa, Gray, Bettis, Lyles, Chatwood. Yeah. Out of spring. Yeah. I wouldn't, it would not surprise me one bit. I would, same here. And I don't think that's, you know, it's not too bad of a rotation. I mean, it's, no. it's not good enough to compete for a division title. But I think if those guys stay healthy and they pitch effectively, you know, then it's a team that could, you know, approach the 500 mark. Who knows? Yeah. It's so far away. But I think at this point, you know, similarly to what we saw coming into this year, and as ridiculous as it sounds, I think we were proven correct in some stretches. And when we talked about – 
the fact that the Rockies have a lot of rotation depth that they haven't had before. Chris Russon has been far better than anybody expected Chris Russon. Johan Flande. Johan Flande has been far better. David Hale has filled in effectively from time to time this season. From so time they, to time. So they have had stretches where that has looked like the case. Is it very, very good depth? No. But is it acceptable depth? Yeah, which is better than what the Rockies have had in seasons past. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's I mean, kind of, I don't know. You didn't get the, the date that you wanted to the prom, but you got a date. I mean, Flo Hanyande, <laughs> he outdueled Max Scherzer last night. And has three hits off of him and is basically the best baseball player to ever live. I think so. So, I mean, maybe Bobby DeMuro was right the entire time. He's been God, blowing no, up Flande's spot. <laughs> Man, Johan Flande, uh, by the Career way. high seven innings last night. Gave up two runs, three hits. Against the Nationals. Somehow I mean, one of those hits was like a 900-foot home run yep. by a guy who weighs like like 108 pounds in Michael Taylor. But Longest home run of the season as measured by StatCast. 494 feet, I believe, is what StatCast clocked it as, uh, which would be, I think the broadcast last night said it would be seven feet shy of the all-time Coors Field record. I mean, it, he almost like, he one-hopped the rock pile almost. Yeah, that oh was something. <laughs> that, that was something. Hoy. Yeah, so, but, you know, I mean, I think that it'll be a lot of the same things as what we said coming into this year. Everything has to go right for the Rockies to contend, but they're on a better track than what they were this time two years ago. I think so. So they they have a lot of options. They have a lot of great options. No, they're probably picking from a cast of fours and fives and sixes, but that's better than picking from a cast of Jamie Moyers and Roy Oswalt, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, you know, when uh, MLB Gifts tweeted out the uh, the hidden ball trick that Helton pulled off yeah. for his birthday the other day, I forgot that Roy Oswalt was on the mound when that happened. Also, <laughs> did you see that Todd Frazier responded to uh, one of the tweets at him? About yes, that? that was awesome. By, I believe, a PDP follower. Yes. I think. Uh, and let me go find, as I'm talking about it, I already, of course, have lost the tweet but um let me go find who it was because the tweet was originally from mlb gifts yesterday and it said happy 42nd birthday to the original todd father and master of the <laughs> hidden ball trick and at underscore yohoka underscore y-o-h-o-k-a tweeted that quote and then said see that at flavor phrase 21 <laughs> hashtag original to which todd fraser responded so wow Crimea river what? So random. I know. <laughs> Todd Frazier just finally got so angry at all of us telling him that's not his nickname. <laughs> I mean, probably. Also, I mean, uh, one of our best Twitter followers, Kat, at Roxcat2011, she responded and said, he's not the original Todd father. He's the only Todd father. Ooh. It's <laughs> just so true. And also, you know, Todd Frazier's hitting 100 points exactly worse than his first half. He's hitting 184 after the All-Star break with a 566 OPS wah, after going wah. 284 with a 922 mark in the first half. Also, um, as somebody else pointed out to us, dude already has an awesome nickname. Yeah, Flava Frazier. have Todd Flava Father Frage. for? Exactly. Flava Frazier is better than Todd Father in the first place. Yeah. Not better as a nickname, but it's better for him. Yeah, It's absolutely. young. It's, you know, whatever. I don't know. But I just I just thought it was hilarious that Todd Frazier yeah. took time out of his day to respond to that guy. He was so angry. <laughs> All right, whatever. Don't and like, yeah, who says there. Crimea River anymore? Yeah, I know. Like, what year is this? <laughs> He's big on the Justin Timberlake, apparently. 
So I don't know. I guess oh, that'll well. do it for us. <laughs> Episode number 57, the Daryl Kyle edition of the show. You can follow the Purple Dinosaur Podcast on Twitter. It is at Purple Dino Cast. You can also follow, follow Anthony. He's at Master Tones. I'm at Tyler Mon. Purple Row is at Purple Row. And ESPN Denver. You can follow at ESPN underscore Denver, the hosts of the old Purple Dinosaur Podcast. You can grab your Purple Dinosaur Podcast t-shirts at HumbleMonster.com. I, uh, I moved, but at my last place... I've been meaning to tell you this for like a month. And uh, somebody that parked in front of my building every night had a Humble Monster sticker on their car. Nice. Yeah, I know. It was very cool. That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, go to HumbleMonster.com and get your Purple Dinosaur Podcast t-shirts. Should you be so inclined. And uh, until next week, when Pete Rose of Fox Sports 1 joins the show. Yep, he sure will. We're gonna, I don't know. Do we have anything else? We're going to finally get him to admit what he did. <laughs> Columbia Fireflies released their hats today. Who, yeah, who are they going to be for again? Uh, the Mets. Okay. Yes. And I Mets. assume a short season team? Yes. Okay. No, no. Uh, Sally League. They're Savannah. Oh, so- Savannah's moving. Oh, that's right. They're moving. That's right. Yep. My yeah. Yard Goats hat shipped yesterday. It took them like hey! really back order like three weeks. I think the, the longest back order in minor league baseball right now is the Fresno Tacos. Oh, that's not a surprise. Which is like six ball. to eight weeks until they ship. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, and then the yard goats, and then I would imagine the fireflies ones because they glow probably. in the dark will probably be pretty big. I gotta yeah. get a tacos one. I gotta get the yard goats one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we've just degenerated into normal banter. Yep. So with that, what we do? Wrapping up episode. Till next week. Fifty-seven of the show. Till next week. When uh, I don't know. Who knows what we'll talk about? I'm sure by that point, Nolan will have you know packed a bindle and run away via John Heyman's line of thinking be running away like you know an early 90s episode of the simpsons all right enjoy some baseball everyone i'm going to albuquerque next week actually so we'll be able to talk about that and uh i'm gonna buy a a walter white t-shirt while i'm there noise that'll be great and i'll talk to you then love you all right Bye.
Uh, my uh, my sister's here right now. My parents coming oh, in tonight. Oh, my sister was just here last what? week. What? What? Well, this yeah. week. This week and last week. We're going to go see Straight Outta Compton this afternoon. Straight Outta Compton. 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 Um, NPR yesterday was running a story on the NPR One app, which was about how psychologists are studying, psychiatrists, psychologists are studying if kids who are traumatized by violence in their childhood lack the ability to learn basically because of the stress they deal with. Mm-hmm. And the headline on the story was something like traumatized kids may have trouble in school, a tale straight out of Compton. And I was That's like, that ra- is the racist. most insensitive thing. And for NPR of all places, be like, yeah. I don't know. Why don't we tie it into straight out of Compton? And like the story revolved around kids who grew up in Compton. That's who a lot of them are studying, but like, Maybe leave that part out. That's here. yeah. That's Why? pretty racist. That's not very cool. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I know. Also, the thing about Straight Outta Compton that everybody has talked about is that uh, Easy E wears a like a nineteen ninety the, the wrong white socks, white socks hat. The wrong white socks hat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, which is really cool. <laughs> it's really cool that enough people were like, "Nope, nope, socks weren't wearing that hat in '86." Nope. Yeah. Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Can't do it. It's the whole crowd of uni watch nerds who are going yeah. to see Straight Outta Compton so far. Yeah, let me know how it is, because I think I'm going to go early next week. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. All right, dog. All right, dog. Hopefully that's recorded, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) God knows. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.